live from the Below the Yellow Line studio, it's the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Another guest on tap today, so Mason, if you would, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going everybody? Uh, my name is Mason Maggio, I'm a driver in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, so competing on a part-time basis, but enjoying every moment of it. <laughs> Glad you are enjoying every moment of it. Um, jumping right in here, you, I've interviewed a lot of young drivers on the show recently. I just realized that I don't think I've interviewed anybody over 30. It's really cool to interview with some of the, the youth movement, I guess, uh, could be called. But when did you know that you first kind of wanted to drive a race car at any type of professional level? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I kind of fell into racing on accident funny enough so um you know grew up kind of watching the races on sunday with my family but uh you know being a kid with a short attention span that uh wouldn't last the whole race but uh you know eventually i opted to go kart uh just to have some fun with some friends just with some rental go-kart stuff and ended up falling in love with it and really really enjoyed the experience and um kept asking my dad to go back and we'd go back just about every other weekend and um, then my dad, I thought about it for like maybe a hobby standpoint, but when I really decided, you know, I want to try to take it to a professional level and really, uh, try to get to the NASCAR level was when my dad took me to the Daytona 500 in 2017 when Kurt Busch won it. So, um, that was big for me. Um, and I remember leaving and I told my dad, I was like, I want to go do what they did and we got, we should try to figure out a way to do it. And he was fully supportive of it. And uh, lo and behold, here we are about six, seven years later. It's awesome. It's awesome. I hope your attention span has gotten a little bit better because uh, the races do take a little bit sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, as long as you're not falling asleep, falling asleep in there, I think you're doing all right. Uh, yeah, you know, you talked we're about, chugging along, man. We're chugging along. That, that 2017 Daytona 500 kind of set things off for you, but... Did you have any like big heroes in racing growing up? Did you have any drivers or crew chiefs or anybody that you kind of looked up to and said, I want to be like them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, even though I wouldn't watch all the races when I was a little kid, you know, I still I still knew a lot of the drivers, right? Like Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Casey Kane, um, big guys like that. Um, Jeff Gordon was always just kind of my idol growing up. I mean, uh Everybody knows the iconic DuPont uh, red and blue flamed paint scheme. And uh, that was always a paint scheme that always stuck out to me. Um, you know, I, I got a Jeff Gordon die cast with that same uh, same uh, paint scheme. And I still have it to this day. And it's uh, it's always been a car that I just loved looking at. It was like eye candy for, you know, seven, eight-year-old me. And, um, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was always a guy that... Um, you know, was pretty iconic with the Budweiser paint scheme and, um, you know, things like that, that always stuck out to me was the, the paint schemes in the early 2000s from when NASCAR was running. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say Jeff Gordon was probably my biggest one. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was another one. Uh, but I'd say those are the two that kind of stick out to me the most. Yeah, that's great. Dale Jr. always one of my favorites and Jeff Gordon's cars. You're right. You know, that Rainbow Warrior, DuPont schemes, always, always eye candy. One of the most iconic schemes in history for sure uh, you made your truck series uh or made some truck series starts last year you made some this year but you made your xfinity series debut this year just kind of talk about how that process kind of got started and, and how cool it was to be out there with the big guys in nascar's second tier series 
Yeah, so uh, that was very much a last-minute opportunity. Um, I was originally supposed to do Vegas, but obviously we fell uh, only five hundredths short of making the field, uh, which was a tough one to swallow still to this day. But uh, regardless, it's a learning experience. It's, it's something that I was able to take away and try to understand and uh, minimize mistakes or capitalize on you know little things that maybe I didn't pay attention to. But uh, going back to Richmond kind of a last minute opportunity um got the call literally that week to, of the race to go do it i mean we knew the circumstances going into it like hey you know we're a little bit lower in points you know we're gonna have to qualify in but thankfully i had experience at richmond in the truck so um was able to kind of use that to my advantage to an extent uh thankfully we made the race due to rain um kind of figured it out as the race went on and uh you know, we had a little bit of a hiccup with some pit stop strategy, uh, but, uh, you know, regardless, just being out there knowing, hey, you know, we can run out there, complete all the laps, uh, race against the guys that we need to be racing with. That was huge for me. And, um, you know, to come across the line and, and you know, be able to get an OK result for my first uh, for my first Xfinity Series race was was a success in itself, especially with how uh, how the year started off uh for this season so uh you know take it and strive you know learn learned a lot and uh you know was able to take the experience from that and you know move it into future races yeah it's always great when you see you know guys like yourself and you know timmy hill uh there's some other guys that have driven from nbm but all the guys that kind of drive for these smaller teams it's always so cool for me to see them even when it is on rain you know make the field that's something that people don't talk about enough is those guys like you they're just they're scrapping for every bit trying to make the field and then going out there and running pretty competitively i mean relatively you did pretty well for a debut especially at a track like richmond that's so you know, so slick and and everything so uh, great to see you make your debut there we just had a new hall of fame class recently and there's there's been a lot uh, over the course of nascar's history now but um have there been any big mentors for you uh in in your career Yeah, absolutely. I'd say so. Um, you know, kind of entering into NASCAR last year, you know, I leaned on the fair share of people. Um, you know, Garrett Smithley is a guy that I've kind of relied on for a good bit and a guy that I'm funny enough racing nowadays. So, um, you know, I got to know him through the uh, RWR slash E33 motorsports deal that I had last year running in the Carolina Pro Series and, um, you know, got to really get to meet and understand Garrett from that perspective so he was a guy that I've leaned on um you know Josh Rayom has been a guy that I've leaned on a lot we have a great relationship and um you know I've been able I've been fortunate enough to drive for him on several different occasions and have been able to have some good runs with him and uh, have some memories there uh so Josh is another guy that I've leaned on without a doubt um Bobby Dodder uh obviously a, a veteran of the sport uh, both as a driver and as a team owner um, he's a guy that I've leaned off of for uh, some a lot a good portion of stuff. Uh, Jason Miller, who was my crew chief this year um, on the 08 car, um, you know he's a guy that I've relied off of too. So uh, there's a lot of people that I've relied off of in the sport. Um, JR Courage is another one. He's the owner of E33 Motorsports, but he was the former general manager at Rick Ware uh, for a couple of years ago. So um, there's a lot of guys that I've leaned off of for. 
uh, advice and experience. Uh, it's a long list, and uh, it'd be a long segment if we uh, if I got into every person that I've talked with. But uh, there's a lot of people that have helped me, and I'm grateful for them. Yeah, it takes a village, not just to, to run a team, but to help you know young drivers like you get up through the ranks. And, and clearly they've worked because you're putting together a solid body of work, even uh, as young as you are. Um, there, there's been a lot of, of moments that I could kind of point out, and I've asked some other guys that I've interviewed this too in recent days, and they've all, it's funny, they've all had you know vastly different answers because some of them have been from different generations of, of being a fan. But if you had to pick through the 75 years of history of our sport, what would you say is your favorite moments in NASCAR history? Um, that's a really good question. I wish I could, I wish I had a straight answer for you. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of really good moments in my opinion that stick out to me. I'd say probably the one that sticks out to me the most. And I was literally watching it yesterday was when Dale Jr. won the, um, Pepsi 400 in 2001, I believe. Um, so I'd say, I'd say that was a really big moment for not just the sport, but for a lot of people out there. Um, you know, that was a really tough period of time, obviously, uh, just that year as a whole. Um, so I'd say that's, that's the moment that sticks out to me. And, and it's ironic because I wasn't even around at the time when that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I'd say that one sticks out to me because, uh, like I said, it's, it healed uh, a lot of people and it was really cool for a lot of people that did get to witness it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, like I said, even though I wasn't around at that, at that time, it's still looking back at it, realizing how much it meant to everybody is, uh, is something really, really special, even to this day. Yeah. We had our driver Landon Lewis on the show a couple weeks ago and he's a big Kevin Harvick fan. And he talked about the Atlanta race that Kevin won. So those two races in 2001, uh, that that season, you know, it was tough. That year was tough as a whole, but uh, had a lot of had a lot of great moments like that where you're kind of able to you know lift your head up um, and I'll say, hey, you know, there's still a lot of good left uh, in this sport. Um, I know there's a lot. Um, we were just talking about your favorite moment in history, and we talked about your debut a little bit. But the, the, you know what I'm going to mention next would be probably top all of those at least in the moment. What would your kind of be, or sorry, what would your like ideal situation be to like win your first race? Like, who would you pass? What track? You know, how dramatic would it be? Uh, just kind of what would the, what would your ideal like first win storybook scenario kind of be? <laughs> oh man, um, man, that's a that's an interesting one. So, I mean, Daytona, I think, would definitely be it. Um, Daytona means a lot to me. That was the race that you know inspired me to go do what I'm doing now, and it's uh, Daytona is still something that I'm chasing after, trying to put together, um, you know, to try to hopefully go do and, uh, in a sense, put myself in this situation. Um, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, just being up there in the mix and you know being there when it matters to you know capitalize on a good run, whether that be a photo finish or couple guys get tangled up in front of me and I slide in for the win somehow, some way. And, um, you know, with Daytona, there's so many unknowns, right? So, um, it could go either or, but as long as I'm across that finish line first, that's all that matters to me. So, uh, Daytona is definitely top of my list for sure to hopefully get a win. And, uh, who knows that could or could not happen. I don't know. Only one way to find out is to, <laughs> is to be on that grid when it matters. Exactly, keep cranking the engine, keep going out there because you never know what's gonna happen, especially especially at Daytona. 
Um, I don't know if this does the same thing to you as it does to me. The one thing, though, when people talk about NASCAR that always kind of irks me, that always kind of makes me frustrated is when they say that drivers, pit crew members aren't athletes. And this question, I promise, does tie into that. But they are. I mean, drivers, pit crew members, extremely, extremely conditioned. But is there one guy in the garage area that you would least like to get in a fight with that you know would just... Like he's a threat to everybody. Like he's the one guy that nobody in the garage wants to get mixed up with. That is a really good question. Uh, I haven't, I don't have enough uh, beef with guys in the garage area <laughs> yet to thing. really put that to the test. Yeah, thankfully. Um, but no, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that I definitely wouldn't want to make mad. Um, I think, uh, I think Matt Crafton's a pretty tough customer. Um, you know, thankfully, I think I've gotten his respect, but I've never, I've never interacted with him. But a few times that, you know, for instance, he's come to laugh me. I've never had any issues with him, so um, I definitely don't want to take off the uh, the veteran drivers, right? Because obviously, they have uh, a lot of experience and a lot to rely off of. You know, as far as just experience goes and success compared to obviously where I'm at, right? So. Um, and their expectations are a lot different to mine too. So, um, those are the kind of guys that I don't want to take off. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's just about respect and, you know, giving and taking. So there's a couple guys that I definitely wouldn't mess with, but, uh, I don't have a, a solid answer, unfortunately, because <laughs> like I said, I don't, I haven't gotten in enough scraps yet and I hope it doesn't, it comes later than sooner. So, um, but, you know, just uh, just got to kind of stay in my line, go after the expectations that I have with the equipment that I'm in and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah, Matt Crafton is a uh, he's he's scary. You know, he, he's older, but he is still uh, very scary. You talk about that veteran presence and, you know, sometimes we mean that in a, you know, in a helping way. But then other times we say veteran presence and it means they are going to come after you, especially if you're a younger driver and you make them mad. So it's best to definitely steer clear of them if possible. So you talked about Daytona really having uh, a big impact on you uh, personally, but from a racing perspective, what would you say is your favorite track that you've run so far and, and your least favorite track that you've run so far? Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas is definitely one of my favorite racetracks, um, at least in the truck. I haven't been there in an Xfinity car yet, but in the truck, it's just so much fun. Um, you know, being able to run multiple lanes, um, you know, using the arrow to your advantage. I've always had fun there in the two races that I've had. And it also has a special place in my heart because it was my first ever mile and a half that I raced at. Um, so that's big in itself. Um, I'd say that was be my favorite racetrack. Um, hoping to go back there uh, within, I think, next month is when the race is. Uh, so hoping to get back in the truck for that one. Uh, you know, been thankful to have some great partners for that one. And uh that love kansas and that are based out of kansas so uh that's definitely always going to be circled on my calendar um for as long as i have a career in nascar i'd say my least favorite track uh that's a tough one i mean richmond i've got a love-hate relationship with uh because i i've i think i could have good runs there if i just have all the pieces of the puzzle fall into my favor right but yet then again everybody else is going to say that so um man i'd say uh i don't know Port portland was really tough 
I mean, I like road course racing, but Portland, for whatever reason, it clicked, you know, as the weekend went on, but I don't think I truly figured it out. And maybe I'm being a little bit too pushy on it. I don't know. But uh, I'd say Portland is uh, kind of down towards the bottom. Just uh, I think I need a little bit more experience there. But uh, as of right now, it's kind of at the bottom. <laughs> Tough racetrack for sure. So, Mason, you know your schedule a lot better than I do. So if you wouldn't mind uh, telling everybody uh, where or at least where you think uh, your next race is. And if you want to thank any of your sponsors, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah, absolutely. So. For me, I don't really have a set schedule. Um, a lot of my stuff has been planned week by week, but as of right now, um, Kansas, like I just mentioned, is definitely on the schedule to try to go do. Um, you know, I think I got Homestead. That's been uh, funny enough. I had a conversation about it today. So um, Homestead's definitely on the list. That's a home game for me. Um, and then I think I might have one or two other races this year. Um, I don't know exactly what they are, but uh, I'm currently trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together for all that. And, uh, you know, just try to run as many races as I possibly can heading uh, in for the remainder of this year and hopefully into next year too. So, um, you know, but uh, obviously can't do it without my amazing partners that I've been fortunate enough to work with this year. So um, HMY Yacht Sales, uh, Rock Hill Lace Hardware, uh, Voodoo Bayou, and uh, professional AG services, show me real estate, uh, Ranch 4D. Um, you know, we've had uh, had some new partners this past weekend as well, and uh, looking forward to working with them a little bit more this year with uh, Phoenix HVAC and uh, Red Coach Donuts and uh, all the partners we've been able to work with uh, from there. So, um, you know, always open to new partners as well. So, uh, continuing to work towards that and hopefully get as many. Uh, continue to add more to my schedule so uh but yeah appreciate uh, all our partners for their support and giving us the, the opportunity to do what i've been able to do this year so uh it's been a pleasure working with all of them and looking forward to carrying uh, the successes that we've had uh from this year heading into 2024 absolutely without sponsors we couldn't do it so they, they really help uh, drive the sport well thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to uh, to come on the show we really appreciate it and we'll be looking out for you at kansas and homestead and hopefully as many races as you can run this year so we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season awesome thanks sam i appreciate it